Hi, my name is James Shepard. This is a Merchant Sales Insight, and this is a special two-part edition. This is part one. There is no sponsor for this edition. I just wanted to talk to you about payment processing. In a recent edition uh, sponsored by ISOAMP, I talked about the importance of having payments expertise. So I thought it'd be a good idea for me to take a couple of weeks and just talk about payments expertise. So today we're gonna talk about an introduction to payment processing, right? How does it work? And then next week, we're gonna talk about an introduction to selling payment processing. So let's dive in. What is payment processing? Well, ultimately payment processing is about moving money. Eventually it'll be just moving value, but we'll say moving money from a customer's bank account into a business's bank account. That's it. That's payment processing. And what we've seen is the you know types of services that that fill, fulfill that definition are expanding rapidly, right? Uh, there's a lot of different ways to do that with ACH, with uh, credit cards and debit cards. Eventually, it'll be you know crypto and other things that are going to be more mainstream. So, um, moving money. So, payment processing is just processing a payment, moving it from a customer's bank account to a business owner's bank account. Okay. Now, how does that work, right? Well. On the customer side, you're gonna have a point of sale or a device or a virtual terminal or a shopping cart, but you're gonna have something at the point of sale, a technology solution that is going to securely collect the cardholder information. So we gotta collect the credit card number, the expiration date, the CVV code, all of that information has to be collected and how do we collect it? Well, again, the primary versions of this you'll see are you know, a credit card terminal, some kind of a physical device, could be a point of sale system with a swiper on it or a, something you would insert into, um, but you're going to collect the card information that way or you're gonna see a virtual terminal. This is where the business owner is gonna log into a website and they're gonna say, hey, I've got a new sale and they're literally gonna key in the card information right, from a, maybe a phone sale or some kind of thing like that. Um, and then the third option would be a shopping cart. So this would be an e-commerce deal where people are gonna go into a shopping cart and they're gonna put their cardholder information in, okay? Now, once they put that cardholder information in, what happens next is that that information, along with the amount of the transaction, gets sent over one of the card brand networks. So is it a Visa card? Then it's gonna go over the Visa network. MasterCard, same thing, Discover, American Express, one of the pandemic networks, right? It's gonna go over a network, and it's gonna reach out to what's called the issuing bank, okay, through this network. Now, the issuing bank is the bank that issued the card to the customer, right? So all of you probably have a debit card in your wallet that was issued by your local bank. Well, in that case, your local bank is the issuing bank. So when you go to use that card at a business and you put that into a device, well, that information is gonna go from that terminal through the MasterCard network or the Visa network, whatever your card is, to the issuing bank and say, hey, does this person have enough money for this transaction? The bank will then respond with and say, yes, they do. And then they'll put a hold on that money. That's why when you go into your bank account, you see transactions that are pending. Those are transactions that have been authorized, but not settled, okay? So you have these authorized transactions, but they haven't been settled yet. Well, the card brand networks, when they get that uh, authorization back and say, yes, the money is there and we've held it, the card brands then send an authorization code or token back to the terminal or to the virtual terminal or to the shopping cart. And they say, hey, this transaction was approved. Then what is created is something called a batch. Okay, so you're gonna hear the word batch a lot. What that means is all the transactions that are approved are held in that terminal 
in a batch of transactions with their authorization code until the usually the end of the day. Then they're going to batch or settle the terminal. What that means is all the transactions that are stored throughout the day are then going to be resubmitted back to the networks and say, hey, this transaction is done. We are we we want our money, <laughs> right? Now goes back to the issuing banks and says, hey, here's the approval code. You said they had the money. You said they were holding the money. Here's the approval code. We need to now settle the transaction. Now the issuing bank is going to take that money. Let's say it's $100, $100 transaction. They're going to take that $100 and they got to get that $100 over to what's called the acquiring bank. All right. Now the acquiring bank is the bank that's for the merchant. Okay. So usually the acquiring bank in our industry, we tend to call them the acquirer, okay? When you hear the word the acquirer, what that means is it is a payment processing company that has their own backend or settlement platform where they actually get the money from the issuing bank for all these transactions. Then they are able to then route those transactions and say, okay, we got 50,000 transactions today settled into our platform. And because we have these authorization codes tracked and everything, we know that this transaction actually goes to this particular pizza shop. And this one goes to this hair salon. And this one goes to this online retailer, right? And so that's called settlement, that process of settling the transaction and actually moving the money. Now, what's interesting is the issuing bank actually doesn't give the acquiring bank $100. You know how much they give them? Well, they give them the $100 less the interchange amount, okay? So you have interchange. Now, I realize for those of you that are actually true payments experts, I know I'm oversimplifying. Hey, I get it. I know you're all gonna comment under here and tell me why I'm wrong and how there's a little bit different ways it works here and there, and I get it, okay? Believe me, I understand it all. I'm just trying to make it simple. But the issuing bank actually keeps a percentage of every transaction as the interchange. Now, the interchange amount is gonna vary a lot. It could be as low as... 0.5% and 21 cents on a regulated debit could be as high as 3% plus for a business rewards card, right? Um, so you're gonna have a percentage and a pride and fee, but you're gonna have this interchange. When you hear about interchange, what is that? Interchange is the money that the issuing bank keeps out of each transaction. In other words, the issuing bank says, look, we issued the card. We are making sure the money is available. We are facilitating this transaction from the beginning. So we're gonna keep some money. And that's interchange, right? Now, interchange fluctuates based on several key factors. Number one, what type of card is it, right? Regulated debit's gonna be a lot cheaper than a cashback rewards card, okay? But there are other factors as well. For instance, another factor might be the method of entry. I told you about the physical terminal, the virtual terminal, and the e-commerce. Well, what's interesting is the same credit card used in a physical terminal is gonna have a different interchange rate versus if you use that card in a virtual terminal environment. Why? Because the, the, the odds of it being fraud are a lot higher if it's over the phone. Somebody could have taken the card and used it over the phone. If you're inserting a card with the EMV chip, a lot less likely that we're going to have fraud there than if it's over the phone or if it's e-commerce. So interchange tends to go up when the card is card not present. Okay? So um, interchange is going to fluctuate. It's going to fluctuate on the type of business. You use your card at a grocery store, and then you go use the same card at a gas station, and then you go use the same card at Walmart, you're actually going to find out that those three companies are each going to pay a different interchange cost for the same transaction of the same size because each business type, based on their fraud profile and other uh, criteria, have different interchange. So yeah, there you have interchange. Okay. Now, 
as we think about kind of this last part of the equation, we now want to talk about the fee structure and the cost structure, okay? So you understand kind of this general flow of money, right? We have a transaction, goes from the terminal, through the car brand networks to the issuing bank, then uh, back, hey, we got an approval, we have an authorization code. At the end of the day, there's a batch or a settlement that goes back to the issuing bank. The issuing bank says, okay, I got it. We're gonna now send the money to the acquiring bank, but the issuing bank is gonna hang on to the interchange. Now, the next and final part is, okay, what is the business owner gonna pay in order to have these payment processing services? Well, a couple of things. We're gonna get to what processors charge next week, but before we get to that, I wanna talk to you about card brand fees. So in addition to the interchange that's kept by the issuing bank, there's also gonna be card brand fees, all right? Now, card brand fees, Visa, MasterCard, Discover, Amex, they all have what's called dues and assessments, right? And they have many other fees as well, but most commonly we think about assessments, which is a basis point. So they might take 13 or 14 basis points of each transaction. They also have a per item cost, usually a couple of cents per transaction. So the true cost of a transaction before the processor can make any money, before you can make any margin or residual income, the issuing bank is gonna keep the interchange. The card brands are gonna to want to get their dues and assessments. And those are all costs that are gonna be built in. The average in the US right now is over 2%. It's like 2.1%. When you combine the interchange and the card brand fees, the average per transaction is about 2.1%. That is the average true cost and that's gonna be the same cost for every processor out there. So tune in next week, because I'm gonna to talk to you about fees and costs and an introduction to selling payment processing and how that really works behind the scenes. My name is James Shepard. This has been Emergent Sales Insights.